Hi everyone, it's Em and Liv, and we're your meta sidekicks. Yeah, I had to think about it too. I forgot which button it was. No, I didn't have to think about it. You just moved. Oh yeah. So I was like, oh, maybe she's going to do it. No, I was going to do it, but then I forgot because I haven't hit the buttons in a while. And uh, we also haven't had a proper intro, so we did it. Guys, we're talking about dragons today and your girl did the research, but also... Your girl did the research like three weeks ago, so it's going to be interesting to remember what I researched. Yeah, it's weird. We were uh, doing our video today that's going to come out after the dragon video, and you were talking about dragons, and I was like, whoa, 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 wait. We can't be, I almost corrected you and was like, you can't talk about dragons right now. That video hasn't come out, but the video that we were recording is going to be after after the dragon. Yes. Yeah. And you all have to watch every video we put out, otherwise you won't get it. You're missing out. FOMO. Is that what that word is? I don't Anyways, know. Anyways. Aren't you the millennial? We're talking about dragons. Do you guys think dragons are real? <gasps> yes. <laughs> I was answering for them. Yeah. So let's get into the research of what I have researched on dragons. So dragons. I just want to tell you guys, since you can't see what we're doing, you can only hear it. Em currently has a single braid going down her hair in the front. My bangs want to be in the middle of my face, not on one side or the other, and just one little piece. So it is braided as punishment. Yeah, she's punishing her bangs. She also has uh, a blue blanket on because it's cold and we're in a basement, and she has a single page of notes. No, 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 look, look. There's two pages. Uh, In the notebook. It's on the other side of the first page. The notebook is. It's double-sided. Approximately six <laughs> inches by four inches. Yes, you're correct. When an Aries Virgo does notes. Well, okay, listen. I usually just remember all the things that I read at a like temporary state. Mm, but I'm very good at memorizing information for short periods of time. Standardized testing. Got it. <laughs> yes, that's what I learned in school. <laughs> oh, well, three weeks later, we'll see how it goes. It's not going to go well. <laughs> going to be or something it's definitely going to be or something excuse the barkings of jelly bean if you hear it the puppies are playing upstairs okay so the word dragon or dracon means large serpent and it is usually a large fearsome serpent so a lot of people like to refer to dragons as those like lizard-like beings but the word dragon actually just means the serpent-like creatures the dragons from the eastern cultures places like chinese dragons where they came from worshipped dragons almost as if they were benevolent creatures and they also believed that these dragons were forces of nature so you had water dragons fire dragons earth dragons and they were worshipped almost as if they were the gods of those specific elements However, the Western cultures over here in the U.S. saw dragons more as vicious creatures, things to be, like, sought after and won upon. So there are a lot of stories in Western cultures of people going to the top of a mountain and killing the dragon and bringing their head back to the village as a trophy. So in the Western cultures, they see dragons as, like, demons, as evil creatures that are supposed to be killed is that as is that post or pre uh religious acquisitions 
Well, in the Western cultures, they were more of a, they were more seen as demons versus in the Chinese cultures is where they like worshipped them as like their religious aspects. Mm. Well, I'm just trying to equate it to like our last video of fairies where in Celtic religions or pagan religions of the West, fairies were very positive, I think, and had a positive connotation until after uh, religious acquisitions happened and their meaning and, uh, you know, characteristics were altered. I just want to know if the pagans thought dragons were cool and like... I do not know if specifically the pagans thought that dragons were cool, but the Chinese cultures or the um, Western, sorry, Eastern cultures did think dragons were cool. However, Western cultures did not think they were cool. Fair enough. I'll take it. Also, interjection. <laughs> You're a lizard, Harry. You're a lizard, Harry. No, I'm a serpent. Leave me alone. Sorry. Dragons. <laughs> so both cultures actually believed that dragons were wingless serpent-like creatures before the, medi before the medieval ages where they started becoming more lizard-like. That's where you get like your modern-day dragons that look more like lizards or dinosaurs with long necks. Which is why in the Chinese cultures where they more originated from, they are they are more snake-like and they did not necessarily have wings. They just like floated around type deals. That sounds like a power move. What do you mean? They were literally forces of nature. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so if you got like a Eastern dragon going up against a Western dragon, the Eastern dragon would be like, hey, I don't need no wings to do some hovercraft shit. I'm going to beat your ass in this foot race. Actually, I don't even have feet. And then the Western dragon's going to be like, man, people just want to take my head. They think I'm not cool. I'm just trying to have tea with a princess and they want to like, I don't know, take my princess away from me too. And I can't just hover. And I got feet. Darn it. I would feel very, very inferior. So that is the very little bit of history I have about dragons. But the thing that I wanted to cover the most is where did the idea of dragons come from? So there was a lot of studies on which, like, where did ancient thoughts of where these dragon ideas came from? And one of the ideas is that they looked at other types of animals and kind of mixed and matched them together. So, for example, a water dragon could be, um, what's the word, depicted okay. from, like, a crocodile-like creature because they have very similar scales and they have very similar face shapes. So, they may have gotten the idea from crocodiles or from dinosaur remains. They were finding bones and they may have thought that these very large skulls could be depicted as these dragon-like beings. Ah, and like water snakes, right? Yeah, there's Nothing. also snakes and um, monitor lizards that were also thought to have inspired the idea of dragons. Nothing scares me more than snakes and jellyfish. <laughs> snakes and jellyfish? Well, yeah, because if you're talking about evolutionarily speaking, snakes had legs, whereas like some sort of uh, invertebrates- Did you know there's legless lizards? Oh, you did it. I they, squinted my eyes at her in disbelief. They look like snakes. However, their anatomy is not as of a snake. So they have um, 
like their anatomy inside looks as if they're like a lizard. You know how the bone structure of snakes is just like ribs all the way down? Yeah. Well, as similar to like a lizard, they have different bone structures as if they just didn't have legs. Ah, so Makes like sense. vestigial remnants of when they used to have yes. appendages. Okay. And they are literally called legless lizards. Well, then they're probably the, the missing link, quote unquote, of the evolutionary depiction of snakes or like the yeah. way they moved. Because snakes used to have freaking legs. So like, whereas some arachnids, and I know those are not even in the same like taxonomic categorization, but like... Some bugs were like, I need to be the best of the best. So evolutionarily, I'm going to decide to have 8 million legs because that gives me an advantage of lots of cool possibilities. Whereas snakes literally had legs and they were like, I am such a fucking badass that I don't even need legs to exist. Mm -hmm. And they like behind random knowledge, like just. It goes against everything to literally think you are so fucking cool to get rid of your legs and still exist and thrive. Yeah. Snakes are literally the Sagittarius Aries Aquarius of the, of the freaking animal kingdom. Jesus Christ. So other ideas of where dragons came from. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that that's why snakes scare me because they used to have legs and they're like, I, I like how it. it's I'm not too cool. The- venomous part or the venomous aspect of if they bite you, your limbs could fall off. It is literally... They just don't have legs. No, it's and the, they did have legs. The audacity of the thinking, audacity of snakes. The audacity of snakes oh, beating God. evolution to get rid of legs to become more cool. T-shirt. The audacity of snakes to not have legs. It, it's just and it could pa- be a dragon. <gasps> Sorry, it's a power move. So other ideas of where dragons came from were they could have existed in people's religion, which we talked about. Uh, the Eastern culture. The Eastern cultures thinking that uh, snakes or, sorry, brain, a lot of things happening in my brain right now, which we talked about the Eastern cultures believing that dragons were benevolent creatures of the elements. And there's also the idea of people's primal instincts creating fear of snakes and other lizard-like beings creating a fearsome, large, serpent-like creature because of their fear towards these animals. I mean, if I saw a monitor lizard jay chilling underneath my hut, I would be like, that thing. Monitor lizards are, I mean, certain kind of monitor lizards are actually scary, dangerous, fatal. Yeah. So (laughs) what is it? What's the ones that eat? Komodo dragons? Yes. Those things have like toxins in their mouth, so if they bite you. Bad things happen. Yeah. They have like (laughs) secretions that break down your flesh. But in addition to that, they've literally colonized islands from mainlands because they have swam in the oceans to different areas like an absolute badass. And then when females didn't have male monitored or no Komodo dragons around them, they would just self fertilize and make more Komodo dragons. Did you know that? Like um, snails. Are they hermaphrodites? No, they're not hermaphroditic. It's a different type of uh, categorization of how they can fertilize their own cells, basically. Got you. I mean, they kept their legs, but they were like, I don't need no man. (laughs) So that's also the audacity of evolution. So they're not snakes. (laughs) At least they're God, not snakes. Jesus Christ. 
To have hot spit and be able to fertilize your own eggs. Yeah. Audacity. Evolutionary audacity. Absolutely audacious. So, one of the other things I wanted to get into is, is it possible for a dragon to exist in the physical realm? Because there are people, there are people that commented on my tease of, we're going to do dragons in a video, and they literally said that dragons did exist. So let me tell you how that did not happen. <laughs> so dragons cannot exist within the physical realm as of right now because if they existed on Earth, the gravity would crush them under their weight because they are so large. So one of the things I like to tell Liv... They're larger than like T-Rexes? Yes. Okay. So one of the things I like to tell Liv is if a being... Okay, if we lived on another planet, the gravity on that planet would be different. So if there was lesser gravity, the animals would be bigger because they wouldn't be crushed underneath the gravity. So if dragons were to exist, they would have to exist in another planet to which would be larger for specific reasons that I will get into. But also the gravity would have to be lesser so that they didn't get crushed under their own weight. Yeah, I heard like in space when astronauts are like, on the space station, they actually get taller because of the lack of gravity. After a long enough amount of time, the pressure between their joints and the fluid between their joints is able to uh, move out a little bit more and spread out, so you gain like an inch or two. Yeah. Other things that would uh, not allow them to exist, a lot of people depict dragons as fire-breathing creatures. Now, I believe that there would be... It would be probable to say that a dragon would be able to breathe fire because there are insects that have the ability to shoot really hot liquids from their rear end. So essentially... Me I too. <laughs> Same. So they essentially have like a chemical reaction. So two chemicals within the bug then um, combine at their rear end and they create this chemical reaction that results in this liquid being shoot out of their rear ends at 90 degrees or hotter. So if it would be probable to say that a dragon would be able to do something similar in creating something hot coming out of their mouths. So if they were to, I don't know, be able to have methane gas come out of their mouths, then this flammable gas would just need a spark. So if you think about where sparks come from, it is possible to say that if you were to eat rocks, like other species of animals, like birds will eat rocks to specifically um, di help digest their food. So if dragons did the same thing, then if they moved the rocks in their stomach around, then they would be able to create a spark, which would then light their methane gas being admitted out of their mouths so is it possible to say that a, an animal would be able to breathe fire yes but would our environment allow like would the nature here allow a fire breathing creature to exist probably not so as i said before a big dragon would not be able to exist because they would have to eat a lot of food to which our natural environment does not have the same amount of food that they would have to eat, especially if they are trying to get that food by using their fire breath. 
Fire is a very uncontrollable thing, so once they light a forest on fire, it will be killing off their prey that require that forest to exist in order for them to have food to eat. So not only are they not going to have enough food already, but creating a fire on Earth is going to cause their prey not to be able to exist as they are vegetation eaters. Sorry, I was looking up the intestinal anatomy of a bird. Because <laughs> if yeah. we're going to talk about dinosaurs and birds and dragons, I do think that Emily has really good points with, um, you know, the Breathing world. fire? Well, not, <laughs> well, yeah, all of them are really good points. But I'm just thinking about anatomically how plausible it could be for a dragon to exist if the criteria of gravity, larger amounts of uh, available. Yeah. Yes. And uh, what else? Something about fire. Yeah. Because fire it, would like destroy what their prey animals are eating. Well, um, that would have to be dealt within their realm of existence. Because if they are indeed on, f on a planet in which they can exist with the resources that they need and the gravity and size of everything. Like if they existed on a planet where like the prey animals that they were eating their vegetation did not light up in flames like they were flame retardant well i don't that think would make sense they wouldn't have to be flame retardant because i don't think that dragons would necessarily use fire as their sole source of catching prey because if they're catching prey that's smaller than them because they would be a, an apex predator on the top of the food shape they would be able to use other types of uh ways in which to get prey so like smashing them in their jaws Clapping yeah. them with their hands and their giant claws. Literally sitting on them. That would be my form of killing things. Yes, but if they do actually light a forest on fire. Yeah, but if it they... It could be detrimental. Well, there <laughs> has been um, cases in our world where other animals, predators specifically, have used forest mm. fires to their advantage in order to catch and trap prey. Okay. And biologically speaking, forest fires actually aren't a bad thing. They could be a good thing. So if you try to equate the social structure of ants, presumably with dragons that could exist on this theoretical planet that we're talking about. It would be giant ants. Sorry. Well, no. Well, everybody doesn't like to think that humans are, you know, animals and that everything in the world is cross-functional and relates to one another and is very much integrated. The social structure of ants is super, super uh, interesting because they actually farm and cultivate things in the form of mushrooms and actual livestock. So if dragons could exist on this theoretical planet with the constraints uh, applicable for them to live, then they could have a social structure in which they could farm things. So for me, I wrote my thesis paper on how forest fires actually are helping yet hurtful to the environment and then a couple other different things. But one of the things I learned while writing it was that forest fires are actually very, very, very important to the ecological health of forests themselves and that intermittent high blaze intense fires can do more good for an ecosystem than it actually does bad. And us actually suppressing the uh, happenance of natural forest fires is actually harming our ecosystem. So if you take the social structure of farming and doing um, habitational reforestation using fires, dragons could have the social structure in which they literally 
decimate a forest yes. in order to get the prey out of it in the hopes of having the forest come back stronger. So they get the immediate benefit of getting food from it now and the long-term benefit of growing a forest that is more strong and better equipped to give them their resources in the future. So, Which is things that people do and ants. So when I was doing this research, I actually talked to Leviathan and Leviathan sent me a dragon and this dragon, I perceive him as this like gray, brown, red color. And he has like angular spikes that are black and he appears to be like a Chinese dragon. So he's that long Chinese looking serpent like being without the wings. He is telling me things about what you're saying. That's good. So I have a question for you. <laughs> I'm about it. I also want to talk about how it would be plausible for dragons to uh, breathe fire because I'm looking at the intestinal anatomy of a bird. Yes. But go with your question first because I'm excited. My science brain is like. <laughs> so in the fairy whatever, I'm not entirely sure. I asked you, is there a place in which fairies exist? Now, we're going to get into this, but there is a realm in which dragons exist. Is there a, like, planet-like place in this realm that dragons exist? Yes, that's where you were as a dragon and I was as a cloud. Great. This dragon is explaining to me that the reason why me as a physical being does not ex understand how the entire forest wouldn't light up in flames is because we don't have the same beings on our planet. There, He's telling me that if a fire dragon lights a forest on fire, it will do the things that you're saying, mm -hmm. but at the same time, there are other beings that have the ability to wield water that are balancing the fire dragons out. So I am perceiving that if a forest fire starts on a planet without people, then that forest is just going to light the entire world on fire. However, environmental whatever is going to make sure that this planet is in balance. So they're going to create beings in which are able to put the fire out. Yeah. Or the trees would be different too, because it would be very hard for the entire world to light on fire right now because one fire started from whether it be a dragon or a person that wanted to have a baby reveal party. And well, I'm just uh, viewing it as to do it on earth. Like in California, there's so many fires there. Mm -hmm. So like, wouldn't it be like that? Because there's so many dragons that are breathing fire. However, he's saying the planet is so large that it's not like that. There's not that many dragons because if there were that many dragons with fire, the entire world would be like under collapse. It has to be within the balance of the environment that they're in. Yeah, because if we're talking about a hypothetical planet, that hypothetical planet in which dragons would exist would have its own biological ecosystem and constraints in which it has to live and reside under. So yes, they cannot exist on our world and Earth because our environmental standards would cause them to die and everything on the planet to die as well. <laughs> yeah. That's why we have things that are close to them because we as humans cannot create things that have not existed within but our realm. We have not gotten to that part yet. Well, no, but I want to say that if somebody can create the idea of dragons, they're using these things that Em and I are talking about. So if you see a bird or a lizard 
or a dinosaur bone that is the evolutionary standpoint between aviation and reptilian, uh, I don't know, animals, it could be easy for someone to create something using those factors. Like M says, when we talk about it in our, what, drawing spirit guide videos, what is it? People can't create things they haven't seen before, but they can put them together, like paste them together. Yeah. So I'm an artist and I did my senior art show on creating different species of animals. And one of the things I learned in that is that you cannot create something that you have not seen or experienced. So you can put different animal pieces together to create something. However, you cannot create something from nothing. Yeah. You have to know what it is or have experienced it before putting it together. Yeah. So what we're about to get into is going to blow the pants off of you. And your mama. Wait, can I talk? Can I talk about the breathing fire thing really quick? Because it really makes me excited. Go for it. All right. So we're still on that topic. If you look at the intestinal anatomy of a bird, they have an esophagus, which everybody knows what that is. And if you don't know, (laughs) it's the hole that allows you to put fucking pizza into and slide down into your belly. But then right underneath the esophagus, they have something called, I don't know if you're going to say it. I've heard it as a croup, but also. What does it look like? Because they are showing me things as right. a dragon. Yes, because I want to talk about because Because there's like a talked, little pouch in here. Yes. We've That's talked, really how it is. Well, when Em and I talk to dragons, I always have the clairaudient and clairsentient feeling of what they sound like. And the clairaudient sound is of a grumble rumble, kind of, Emma explained it like an alligator or a crocodile. Have you ever heard of that noise? Alligators make a whole bunch of different vocalizations. However, they do not have vocal cords, which would make sense of why dragons make similar noises. Yeah. So I always get that kind of same noise that an alligator or crocodile would make. However, that's clairaudiently. Now, clairsentiently, I feel like there are stones in my chest that are rattling around and grinding against one another. So when I look at the anatomy of a bird, it fucking blows my mind because they have an esophagus and then they have something called a croup or a crop, which is a stomach looking yeah. like organ that birds use to... Um, grind and disassemble their food similar to how we have teeth birds don't have teeth if you haven't seen that some of them prehistorically had teeth or something similar to it and some of them have uh you know evolutionary remnants of that nowadays but birds have a two-part stomach a glandular portion known as the proventiculus and a muscular portion known as the gizzard so the gizzard is going to be the part where things start to get um uptaken in nutrients so when a bird eats their food it travels down the esophagus and into the croup now the croup if you don't know as i just explained is an organ that does the equivalent of what teeth do now how does it do this if it's just something that's similar to a stomach birds eat rocks yes and the rocks grind up the food in the croup Yes. But that's how the rocks don't go through their digestive system because that would cause problems. Mm -hmm. They stay in the croup. They stay in the croup. And then once all of that food is grind up enough, uh, then it moves down to the proventiculus and then to the gizzard. And those two organs would act as the stomach in which nutrients would be uptaken through the cells within those organs walls and converted into energy. And then all of the rest of the byproducts go through the intestines and out the booty hole. 
So if M and I are talking to dragons and I Claire audiently, but more importantly, and she does as well, if I'm wrong, correct me, Claire sentiently feel like there are rocks I in our chest. I don't feel it. They show me. Really? I feel it. Yeah, no, they show me the anatomy inside of a dragon when I'm talking about them breathing fire i see a pouch that is close to their mouth Mm -hmm. but they're down their esophagus where the rocks are kept so you showing me that picture freaks me out because it looks just like that and they're also telling me that if they aren't necessarily having rocks in there and breathing fire like water dragons breathe water they would keep water in this little pouch in their esophagus Mm -hmm. and it's wild yeah so i don't think the dragons that we're talking to, since obviously they're spiritual beings, but if they weren't, I don't think that this pouch where they keep stones would be something... Okay, he's telling me that it depends on the dragon. We're ta- focusing on Western dragons. So if we're talking dragons with, you know, the wings and they breathe the fire and they're like guarding the princess, that's what we're talking about right now. So Leviathan shows me himself like this. M sees him differently, I think. No, I see him as like a medieval dragon. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. on top. I'm of not entirely sure why, because he is a sea serpent. So, uh, just so you guys know. <laughs> so, if the rocks in their croup uh, aren't served as a purpose for grinding up their food, it is to create the sparks like flint stones when they are able to expel gas from their stomach like a burp and choose to initiate that organ in which to spark those flames or those methane gases on fire and expel out through their mouth yes that's how it would be plausible yes which fucking blows my mind Mm -hmm. that somebody could subconsciously and within the creative plane that em is going to talk about put these ideas together to create the spiritual beings of dragons they also put the idea that dragons have like heat retardant scales into existence as well because there are um i think there are certain types of insects that are heat resistant they have heat resistant exoskeletons yeah there are certain types of plants that are heat resistant as well and there are types of fungi funguses that thrive in forests after they have been ravished by flames and it was only after a forest fire happens that these fungus will start to grow. Yes. It freaking blows my mind. So if a bug can have uh, a fortitude booty hole in which to secrete hot gases and <laughs> liquids, I'm sure it could be also just as equally plausible for dragons to have reinforced epithelial cells within their esophagus to produce flames and be able to sustain them for short or extended periods of time i have another question yes have you ever been a dragon i know that was a big question the reason why i'm asking is when the other day when i was asking you what the planet in which we existed on looked like they show me the planet through my eyes as a dragon Mm -hmm. and it looks way different than what you explain because i see differently as a dragon yes and it's wild do you see it i only see it from my cloud perspective however Are you a red dragon sorry that was a big question still so the way that i see as this dragon so as you guys probably know or don't know we have a podcast on our past lives we are twin flames so we usually incarnate together and i have a past life where i am this like dark purple blackish dragon that lives on the top of a snowy mountain 
and live on the same planet was a cloud, which I find really interesting because I just went over how uh, Eastern cultures believed that dragons were forces of nature. So it makes sense that we are in the yin and yang aspects that she would be a cloud, a force of nature, and I would be a dragon. However, she explains how this planet looks and how there's like a river and it looks just like very normal and the sky like is kind of gray. And I see all of that stuff, but I see it so completely differently because I'm a dragon and my dragon, the guardian dragon that's with me, the red dragon, is explaining to me that the reason why I'm seeing it differently is because I am looking through my eyes as a dragon and the way that I see it is like purple red hues, but I also see things a little bit like narrower because my eyes are like snake eyes. So they have like slits instead of around like our eyes, which is really crazy. But Liv is looking things up because I asked her what if she was a red dragon. Um, so I feel this is a weird answer to your question. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was a green dragon. Mm-hmm. However, they told me that the reason you think you were a green or a, a purple dragon is not because I is not only because I told you, but the reason you think I am I think I'm green is because if you look up color blindness oh. and the way dragons see differently, since that's yes, your theory really. of that their perception of they color is different. <laughs> if I were to be red, I would actually be green. Ah. Yeah, because I don't see you from your eyes. Yeah. I see me as a green dragon, but if I actually was red, I would see myself as green. So if you're looking at me with your human eyes, you would perceive me as red. However, I would perceive myself as green. So you were a dragon? Mm, That's a lot for me to say yes or no to because I feel like I might be pressured into it, but I also feel like there's this big giant green dragon standing behind me. And he's a boy. What does he look like? Like, what kind of dragon he is he? He looks like the kind of dragon you were. Yeah. But you were purple and black. Yeah. And purple and black equates to, like, a purple and an indigo blue. Yeah. If you were colorblind. They're telling me that I was, like, iridescent, so I was actually black. However, I appeared purple because my scales reflected things like Oh, the like sky. a crow's head. Yes. Got it. Which is why I look like that. But it's also enhanced because I see things in purple makes me uncomfortable to talk about it (laughs) but they're explaining it to me of yes you had a life once as a cloud however since you guys were twin flames it wasn't enough for you so you split down and to be a dragon to learn different lessons in the same life as me being a dragon yes got you Mm -hmm. that's interesting did you breathe fire too did I breathe fire I think I breathed fire I don't think I did yeah, I don't think so either. I would be a water dragon because I'm always associated with water and you're always associated with fire. And don't you have that um, that dragon you used to draw when you were a kid? Yeah, it was cute. I didn't look like that though. That wasn't Well, me. yeah, I know, but I like see him behind you. Mm. He like has flipper like things and he's like turquoise. Yeah, and he'd have to be he's long. associated with like nest, next week's video or the week after his video. Ah! <laughs> Which I think is funny. But does he exist? Yes, because everything else was put into motion. Yeah? I don't know. 
So, uh, yeah, saying that I had a past life as a dragon indefinitely is something I am uncomfortable with. So I will ignore that it's happening and the possibility of it and uh, have you talk about where dragons come from <laughs> since they're not plausible in our realm. So since they are not plausible physically, they appear to be plausible spiritually. And the way that happens is entirely way too complex for anyone to understand. So I'm going to try to explain it in as simplified manners as possible. Yeah, because during the video, <laughs> Em lost her mind in my... Well, Liv is explaining for it for like 30 minutes, like visually, and I'm like, okay. I'm like asking her all of these questions to try to figure out what she's trying to say to me, and it still did not click. And when I was editing the YouTube video for it, I guess your higher self came forward and then explained it to me auditorily and then I understood. So take that for what you will. A physical person could not explain it to me, but Liv's higher self explained it to me. So <laughs> technically, I did explain it to you, which I think is funny. Which is also really fucking weird. It's hilarious. However, so dragons could not exist physically. They exist within the spiritual realm. So to explain that, in our YouTube video, I asked Liv, can you talk to the first dragon? And I initially saw this thing as this really big, scary, blue dragon thing that I couldn't talk to. That was just this very high-pitched energy. And what we realized is he was just appearing to a dragon because we were talking about dragons and he was explaining that dragons come from him as a spiritual realm of existence. So the first dragon came from human consciousness. So the way for me to explain this is if you are conscious or awake within the physical realm, you are looking into the physical realm, you're experiencing things in the physical realm when you are conscious. However, when you are unconscious or asleep, you go to a realm of existence that is like the subconscious, or we like to call it the creative conscious, the creative plane, things of that nature. So similar to how fairies, we talked about fairies last week, similar to how fairies exist and how they were born from the nature spirits, dragons were born from human consciousness. So the nature spirits from the physical realm are the things that are creating of the physical realm itself. They are the beings in which created the physical realm. So it makes sense that they are the beings that created fairies because fairies exist within the in-between of the physical realm. Now, going into the spiritual parts, we as spiritual beings, we have our physical bodies that exist within the physical realm, but we also have this spiritual consciousness. And the spiritual consciousness is the thing that created dragons. Now, I like to say that that makes me a thought because I was a dragon, right? So everything I think up is created in the creative realm. So that wouldn't make any sense. However, the difference is so many people, so many people in the collective of the human consciousness also believe that dragons exist. So this thought or was once a thought then started being created into existence. And it's because all of the energy of our collective conscious 
put the energy towards creating the idea of dragons. So now we see dragons as spiritual beings within the creative conscious. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Everything is energy. So a simpler way to think about it, since I'm talking about things that a lot of people don't think exist, the wheel exists physically. However, it had to be a thought before it could exist within the physical realm. So some being thought up, if we have this round thing that is able to move something from place to place, it would make our lives easier. So they thought up the wheel in the creative conscious and they put the energy physically towards creating it within the physical realm, which makes it then not only created within the spiritual realm in the creative conscious, but also created in the physical realm. Yes. So the wheel was a thought before it was a physical thing. And a thought is a form of energy. However, physicality is also a form of energy. So it was just taken from a thought of energy to a physical manifestation of that thought to make a wheel. But the way I also like to think about it is like the mentions are kind of like the ocean. So if you're in the ocean and you're going down deeper into the ocean, you're having different pressures put on you because of the weight of the water. So when you resurface again, you have to do it with caution because your body is going to be affected by the pressure change within you going up and surfacing in the water. So dimensions are kind of like that in the sense that they have different frequencies associated with them. So if you think about it as like a rainbow, each color segment has a very solid color within the rainbow. However, when they touch other colors, there is this blending effect that happens. That is essentially how this dimensions work. The creative conscious is kind of like the blending between two consciousness or like the subconscious is the blending part of the creative plane of existence. Does that make sense? Yeah. Explain it like how you explain it when we talk about chakras and auras. Because that might help people that have an idea of that. What do you mean? You explained it in the YouTube video that when you have your energy, we have our physical energy, which is what our physical bodies are made up of. However, we also have our soul, which is our spiritual energy. Now, when we are within a physical plane of existence, energetically speaking, we have frequencies or electromagnetic frequencies that our bodies emit, but we also have an electromagnetic frequency that our souls emit. That would be why ghost hunters and paranormal investigators are able to pick up on EMF readers, the frequencies and presence of souls that exist or able to pass through that device to quantify them or alert them of their presence. So if you're a physical being with these layers of energy around you, take that idea of how you have your physical energy and then you have your spiritual energy. It's the same thing with your subconscious and your creative conscious. Those are layered into dimensions that are, one, located or attributed to physicality, but as you move to higher frequencies, the dimension that is next to it will be different. So M says that the dream realm is our subconscious realm, and our creative consciousness is also a part of the subconscious realm. However, it is a higher frequency. So the way they explained it to me today, because... 
Em says that uh, she wanted me to talk to the very first dragon, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the very first dragon explained to me when we made this video three weeks ago that, yes, he's showing himself to Emily as a dragon. However, he showed me that he is not just a dragon. He is many things. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. That makes no sense. You've got to tell me more. And he was like, okay. And then he transformed or manifested himself into his plane of existence, which is a very light blue color. And he goes, I am the creative consciousness. I am many things and I take many forms because I am the plane of existence in which the manifestation of both spiritual and physical things are created. So for M, yes, dragons were created here so I can show her I am a dragon. It's like... They're showing me Avatar because it makes sense to M. Hmm. So imagine the Avatar episode where the owl in the giant library under the sand is there. Now, the way Creative Conscious was explaining things to me was he transformed from a dragon into this giant building or this giant realm of existence that was a, a very light blue. Now, equate that to the conscious understanding of itself to be the owl from the library and avatar that's how he spoke about his realm of existence so this realm of existence took on the tone of voice or the personality of this is me however i create all of these things so it would be equatable to the owl from the avatar um, episode saying this is my library however I am the library and the keeper of the library and each of these books I have created and they have been created here within my space so creative consciousness says I am this space of existence however the reason I exist is because higher spiritual things have put this here for human thought to manipulate as well as other things. So M talks about the subconscious. The subconscious realm will be the dream realm. That is where you are going to be passively interacting within a energetic spiritual space. So that subconscious passive dreaming state that all of us or most of us go to in one form or another is going to be where you can manipulate the things in your surrounding or manifest them because it is energy simply and understandably. However, it's linked to your physical existence. So you can also be influenced by other things. So like weird, scary, spoopy things, but your uh, past loved ones can also come up from spirit, which would be higher than creative conscious itself and interact with those dreams in your subconscious. Now, if you move to creative conscious, the realm of existence in which dragons have been created, that would be your dream realm equivalent to lucid dreaming. Subconscious is passive dreaming in which you are being affected and manipulating and manu manifesting things, but the creative conscious is where you can lucid dream. You are not only manifesting things and creating things of your own volition, but you have control over it and can choose to do so. That's where dragons came from. Yeah, but they explain it to me that each color of the rainbow or each dimension has this, like, place of existence where things come into existence within the realm. Like, the dense part of the color at the bottom of whatever it is is the, like, where things, where the energy sits in order to create things within the realm. Mm-hmm. That would be the... 
the energy in which to create things in the realm, that would be the subconscious, but it trickles down from creative conscious. But each realm has specific rules set in place to which things can exist within, which is why, like, on Earth, you you usually just see, like, human souls because they come from the creative plane. They are closest to us. So that would go into, like, how portals work and things like that, too. But that's for a different podcast. Wait, say that again? Well, what I'm thinking about is each realm of existence has a certain frequency. So us as a soul exist very nicely in the creative conscious because that is like our collective as a thought. Fairies exist very well within the physical realm because that's where they exist. Their frequency matches very well. However, getting things to the physical realm that are not in this creative conscious, like higher spiritual beings, is harder because their energy does not match the frequency in which this place exists. So portals make it easier for that to happen. Got it. That is one of the things that your higher self was explaining to me Mm -hmm. when I was watching Dragon Video editing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad they could help. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is literally why M was losing sleep because she's like, I'm a so thought. everything's a thought that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's weird creating something from nothing because everything is energy, whether it, whether it is physical and quantified or ever expanding and variable, such as thoughts and consciousness. It's all just forms of energy. Yeah. The last thing I have is the story of Leviathan. Should we take like a little bit of like a comic break? I don't know. A I feel comic like break? That about was what? A lot. We're going to talk about Leviathan. You don't think that's a comic break? I'm going to make you tell the story of when I brought him up when we were doing the video and you're like, he chortled. Oh yeah, I forgot <laughs> about that. And if someone's listening to this and they think that we're absolutely off our rockers, then this whole thing might be a comic break for them. So I'm sorry. Continue. If they think we're off their rockers, why would they listen to the rest oh, of it? Betty White off their rockers. Sorry. Leviathan, tell us about the story of when <laughs> I told you. What does Leviathan look like? Uh, Leviathan is this very dark indigo blue type of dragon that has black accents and he sits on top of a giant mountain of stones and he has a very domineering and intimidating presence. Um, and it's funny because when we first started thinking about all of these things and before I thought about or was talked to, communicated with by creative conscious, uh, M's like, well, where did dragons come from? Because like, you know, there's people that are like the guys that, you know, vanquish the I was beast. trying to get you to explain like a realm of existence where there was a planet. And you were like, let me talk to the realm of existence where they're at. Oh, yeah. because it's <laughs> And not then a- I was like, oh, God. Yeah, because uh, it's not a planet that they exist on. It's not physical. Well, it's spiritual. They live on a spiritual planet. That's what we were talking about before. The spiritual equivalent of a planet. Yeah. But yeah. planet is a very physical word, so it yes, makes I'm me a physical uncomfortable. Bee. I don't know what they're called in other dimensions. <laughs> it's so funny. So I was thinking about this last night I was as I was going to sleep because we were talking about the topic that we're going to talk about in two podcasts or videos from now. And I was like, when we talk about different dimensions... I know people probably think that, like, it's a physical dimension, like, in Rick and Morty, but 
Rick and Morty is not a different dimension. It's all based within physicality of different transcending timelines. However, the idea of Rick and Morty... Are you explaining a parallel universe? Well, I don't know what Rick and Morty is. (laughs) Okay, Rick and Morty is a cartoon that is an adult cartoon with vulgar language and bad connotations scattered throughout it. However, it makes me feel like I need to take a shower, but also brings me enjoyment because they use science and uh, vulgar language and things Mm -hmm. in it. But they have, it's a grandpa and a son, and the grandpa is like an evil scientist who kind of has your vibe. Where are you going with the point? I know who they are, but I don't know what you're talking about. Well, they have this ray gun that makes a portal, and they travel to quote-unquote different places or dimensions. Are they traveling to parallel universes? Yes. Okay. It's parallel (laughs) universes, but I think people need to understand that when we're talking about the place that dragons reside, it's not somewhere that Rick and Morty could go because it's not within our physical universe. Because if you think about it, we are a single planet in a giant universe. Is that what people think different dimensions are? Yes. I think it's like a different planet within our universe. No. Exactly. That's why I need to explain it. Because I was thinking about how we were going to do this video last night. I was like, how do they think other dimensions are physical? This is the physical dimension. Yeah. No, it's like. (laughs) I understand now. They think other parallel universes are dimensions. Got it. Yes. So, yes, there are parallel universes. And parallel universes would be something that is consistent with our physical reality. However, happening on a separate timeline. So that like also a video topic, parallel universes. So don't go too, too, too deep. Okay. Get, I, get. I just was thinking about this last night and yeah. Gojo was, is, 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 was explaining it to me to explain it to you guys like this. When we are saying creative conscious, this is a spiritual dimension. It is not physical like us. It would be yeah. the same or similar realm of existence that your past human loved ones would exist in. However, the realm of where your past human loved ones exist is not a physical one because they are just spiritual energy. So when we're talking about different dimensions, it's a spiritual realm of existence where energy resides. But when we're talking about parallel dimensions or parallel universes, that would be equatable to us being a singular planet within our solar system and then traveling to a separate singular planet that exists physically within our realm of existence, but in a different space, like a different universe, like a different, what did I say? Solar system. That would be like what Rick and Morty are doing. Rick and Morty are bending time and space to be in different physical dimensions of timelines or physical dimensions within our space and time. Yes. So Okay. I just want people to understand that. (laughs) Because they were like, use Rick and Morty to explain it. And I was like, oh, okay. Parallel universes. Um, Question though. How did Leviathan come in for you? I think you were describing him and then you started talking about parallel dimensions. Oh, yeah. He is on a big giant like mountain of stone and all of the stones are like black obsidian stones yeah yeah or coal charcoal not coal charcoal what is it the porous black stones he shows me porous black stones which are like our moon stones or something i don't fucking know and like obsidian stones that are like a lot of sharp that look like that (laughs) but anyway well one of the things that we talked about was you were talking about how you know how people have seen him and then he explained to me that 
Like his whole body. I know his eyes glow because he shows me that, but does he glow? Is it like an orangish lime green color? Um, I don't know. It says in my research that I have done that his eyes and body glow. Oh, yeah. I saw the eyes because his eyes are like green. Well, yeah. They're like golden green. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He says it's consistent with like your aura things. He goes, oh. but it's physical. Oh. He's like, because we are only energetic spiritual <laughs> beings. That's what he's saying. <laughs> uh, he says, since we're only energetic spiritual beings, you guys can sometimes perceive auras because you're quote-unquote psychic mediums, insert turtle here. Well, other people see them like that. Well, yeah. Okay. So, Leviathan. If you don't know, people think that Leviathan was a demon. So, the story of Leviathan is he is one of the most popular sea serpents in mythology um, of the modern day to the large influence of Christianity. So, it was actually believed that Leviathan... Again, this demon, he was supposedly 300 miles in length, and he is a sea serpent. So we don't see him like that, right? You don't see him as, like, 300 miles long. He's telling me that the reason his existence is based off of that of a serpent is because the first person that created him was in the sea. Ah, makes sense. Like, on a ship. Okay, so then why doesn't he look like that for us? He says because physicality doesn't doesn't exist for him. So, he supposedly has double armored scales that fit so tightly together that there's no air that can get through and that he has glowing eyes and skin. And then he has the ability to breathe fire. So, one of the myths say that he wanted to basically engulf all of the damned souls of Earth. And again, he was this very powerful demon that people wanted to be slain, but he... Because he was so powerful, human beings could not do that. So they believe that Yahweh was the spiritual being that struck down Leviathan. Is Yahweh the moon spirit? Yahweh is God, like a Christian God. Oh. Yahweh is it's another name for God. Got it. Yes. Well, wouldn't that make Leviathan exist before a Christianity and this would be Christianity's interpretation or slandering of Leviathan to match their views. It says Leviathan is one of the most popular serpents in mythology of modern day due to the large influence of Christianity. Okay, got it. So okay. he, he's like, yeah, I, I existed before Christianity. They slandered my name. Oh, we, we talked ah, about this. Yeah, he ma- was like, that makes sense. That's why he flicked the person off the mountain. Yes, because they tarnished his name. He's like, people used to think I was freaking cool. But uh, you know, they I I demanded I demanded respect. However, I was not like a bad thing. I was created from fear and curiosity. So that is how my entire essence is is fueled through fear and curiosity, but also understanding. But yeah, he's one of the most famous dragons. I also, if you don't remember or recall, I had you talk to the world snake. Oh yeah, I forgot about that too. He was cool. Talk about the world snake. <sighs> Emily <sighs> literally And it's funny because we talk about how deities come into existence and everything's just energy, yada, yada, yada. Well, she says, I want you to talk to the world snake. And I was like, that makes no sense. She was like, who is the world snake? So I immediately saw this golden dragon and it was long like the ones from Avatar when they do the dragon dance or whatever. And it uh, was eating its own tail in a circle. And I was like, it's telling me that 
it's showing me similar to creative consciousness itself is a manifestation of a dragon because you're asking me about it. However, it's telling me that the world dragon is not actually a dragon, that they're a representation of time, which, which is why it's eating itself in a circle. But Which it's, makes sense because the world snake is from Norse culture as Ouroboros, and Ouroboros is the snake that is eating his tail around Earth, and he is equated to time because time exists and moves forward but they're all constantly eating their tail so it never ends but never has a start so i think it's cool that she literally said world snake and that's the thing it showed me (laughs) it was a good time so the world snake is time itself it's just the dragon representation of time yes yeah so remember how we like to talk about how uh the deities of everything are just created as representations of the gods of certain aspects of our physical world. Ouroboros is the deity created to understand the larger god of time. Mm-hmm. We also, from our last podcast, we saw a little fey dragon. Oh, yeah. The one that was hilarious and uh, showed himself as a dragon fly because he was a small little Chinese-looking dragon with four legs that changed colors with fairy dust, but his wings were dragonfly wings because he thinks he's freaking funny, and he is. So was he created from a nature spirit? Yes. That's cute. Uh-huh. It's adorable. It's so adorable. I love it. But yeah. If you guys are interested in more of this kind of talk, where we talk about how freaking dimensions work, we're going to be talking about how you can manifest your writing characters in your storybooks in our next podcast. Next podcast or the podcast after? We're doing house reading next. I don't know. House reading. We're going to do it in the future. Future! I guess we're doing a house reading where we talk to Liv's house. Dude, it was weird. She thinks it's weird because she lives there. Yeah. (laughs) Of course. And when she bought the house, she was like, there's nothing here. Spanked. It's like... (laughs) (laughs) So make sure you guys follow, subscribe. I'm not entirely sure what you do for podcasts, but uh, do the thing. However, if you guys want to get on more of our bonus content, we have a Patreon. Do you guys realize that? Are you pulling it up? I'm trying. It's really well, hard. We uh, like to shout out the people that have supported us on Patreon. And so. are supporting us. Because it's super cool and we love you guys. Yay. And I'm going to do it faster than live while the pulling up. Well, Ready? yeah, because I don't want to do it. You ready? Yeah. Avery. I can't read it. Me either. Cassandra. Anthony. Violet. Tiana. Peyton. Verena. Verena. Sorry, she like scrolls up and I'm like, it's moving. I can't read it while it's moving. Jeez. <laughs> Allie. Mac. Josie. Autumn. Thais. Victoria. Jenny. Laurel. Brianna. Antia. Bradley. Iritel. Sandy. Miss Kerr. Naz. Sherry. Christina. Sushi. Anita. Katie. Charles. Jen. Holly. Krista. Flo. Abby. Mikhail Plake. Malake. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode because it's an absolute metaphysical brain buster and we can't that, wait. That uh, made me not be able to sleep for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> You're a thought. Go from there. You're a thought. T-H-O-D. Thought. 
We did that in the last one, too. I'm going to keep bringing it out until there's nothing left with the jokes. We'll see you guys in the next one. We are your meta kicks. Oh, wow. How long did you live as a cloud? Um, for a little bit, I think. And it, then you were a dragon. Well, they were explaining it to me, kind of like how our one patron had the split souls, so that they could learn oh, more God. at once. <laughs> but like, you needed me to live above you from a different perspective, so that you could get some lessons as existing on your own. However, you weren't actually existing on your own. We just didn't have an interaction in the same aspect as if I was another dragon. So then they were like. And by they, I mean spirit. They were like, psych, you're dragon. a dragon. <laughs>